You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, and I'm your host, Robert Glazer. Join me as I talk to world-class performers about how they build their capacity and reach greater heights in leadership, business, and life, and how you can do the same. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. This is another edition of what we're calling Weekend Conversations. However, today's episode is a Thanksgiving special. Uh, So happy Thanksgiving to all the listeners out there who celebrate. Rather than talk about uh, a new article from last week, I actually wanted to revisit a few favorites um, that were written during this week over the past few years. And as always, joining me to help with this conversation is my co-producer on the podcast, Mick Sloan. Mick, how's it going? Doing well. Happy Thanksgiving to all who celebrate. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you. So all the articles we're going to talk about today are referenced in Friday Forward number 308, which is called Five for Friday. Uh, which is a compilation of a few of my favorites from from this time of year. So as always, Mick, wanna you want to kick us off? Yeah, but first I want to start with a Thanksgiving icebreaker, which is what is your favorite Thanksgiving food? Uh, I think that's a tie. I'm going to go with a leftover Thanksgiving sandwich because that's always really good. But I love pecan pie, and I can't think of any other time that I have it other than, other than Thanksgiving. So I, I'm going to go with pecan pie. That's very New England of you. My dad, who's from New England, also loves pecan pie. Yeah, with a little ice cream. No one makes it otherwise. You wouldn't even have it otherwise. It's like pure sugar. It's it's really funny that Thanksgiving people like trot out very specific foods that are eaten one day a year. Yeah, that's what makes it special. Yeah, that's what makes it feel different. All right, so let's let's kick off our run through the past, Thanksgiving's past. Let's start with... From back in 2016, a story called What Really Matters. And this one is about a famous entrepreneur, uh, the founder of Red Ventures, Rick Elias, who happened to be on the flight Sully Sullenberger famously landed in the Hudson River in 2009. So what do you love about this story, Bob? Yeah, so I I think what's, you know, Rick tells this story about feeling like he got, you know, a second chance. And I think most of the... Uh, amazing things he's done with Red Ventures, which is an incredible company, uh, have come uh, after that. But, you know, it's reading these stories. A lot of times, unless you've had one of these kind of near-death experiences, it's just easy to take certain things for granted. And I think when it happened, I I had a couple times uh, a panic attack that I thought was a heart attack many years ago. I actually keep the bracelet on my desk because you feel like you kind of got lucky uh, and it sort of reorients you around uh, what was important. And so I just, I always loved that story on Thanksgiving because Rick talks about how his perspective just kind of totally changed after that flight. And he, he felt like he got another chance and it just became really clear to him the things in his life that, that matters and, and, and don't matter. There's an exercise that a lot of financial planners do. Ours did it with us years ago. And it's kind of like asks you like, what would you do if you only knew you had 10 years to live or one year to live or, you know, 10 minutes to live. And then it looks at the comparative answers. And the reality is none of us know <laughs> the answer to that, but it changes a lot as you make the time frame less, it becomes much more clear uh, what's important. And I think a lot of us could probably benefit living more, assuming that the timeline was short than, than long, because there's an innate clarity uh, what we want to do and, and who we want to be with when you, when you start shortening the timeline. So you've talked about in Elevate in particular, you told the story you just referenced. 
Can you think of specific changes that you made to your perspective or to your life after that event that you talked about? Uh, yeah, I think different prioritizations on work and health. Uh, I definitely started running after that. I had never run before in my life. And I think I made uh, sort of health a, a priority in my life. And and uh, I was seeing someone the other day, uh, just the, particularly when you think about health, when you just have one thing that's wrong, it seems to be the only thing that you can think about, right? It's your if it's your ankle or it's your shoulder or it's something, it just, it impacts everything. And you're like, oh, I didn't realize I can't eat. I can't walk or otherwise. And so uh, health seems to be one of those things where you can ignore it, ignore, ignore, and then sometimes it's too late off the cliff. And, and again, I think what you're trying to do is get, avoid getting to that precipice in the, in the first place. So one of the themes of this post talks about you know, when you have the realization that life can be fragile, you want to minimize the amount of time that you're having your life that's associated with negative energy, with people who drag you down, energy vampires, which is something that you've written about and talked yeah. about previously. How do you personally distance yourself from that type of negative in your own life? Yeah, I think there's two things. I think one, I just, you know, the notion of energy vampire, someone you feel worse after you spend time with. And so I think just eliminating those people from my life, I spend, if I feel horrible uh, spending time with someone or there's just no positive to it, I think eliminating that, the big learning of that is you don't have to break up with people. You just have to not say, let's do that again when you don't mean it <laughs> and not apply the energy. So I think there's just choosing not to engage in those situations. Um, but look, we have all have people in our life, whether it's friends or family or otherwise, that come with maybe a partner or something else where there's someone really we want to be with. And then there's that comes with someone who's really negative energy. And I think uh, it's a little bit kind of just planning for those scenarios in advance. Like I'm I'm going to, you know, I really I mean, you know, I'm going to see Mick today and Mick is going to bring up this thing and I'm just not going to engage <laughs> and I'm not I'm not going to get annoyed and it's building a little bit of a, it's not a super healthy long-term strategy, but it's a little bit of a dissociative barrier of just like, I'm not going to engage in this. I'm not going to let it bother me. This person's going to do what they're going to do, and I can choose to, to react or not react. I, I think that's changing the narrative a little bit from, it's, is it actually about the what the person's doing? Or are we choosing them to give them our time or energy or you can just sing a song in your head and, you know, let them go off on the whatever rant they always go off on and completely ignore it and not have it impact you at all. So to anyone who's gearing up to see someone who might drive them a little crazy for Thanksgiving today. Which is everyone. Yeah. Not not me. The <laughs> disclaimer to any to any family members listening to this. Not not me, but I think most people can probably relate to that. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Two years ago, I bought a dual suspension mountain bike for the first time, and it pushed me to ride trails that I had never been willing to try before. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has exceptional capability that will have you seeing the possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. The Lexus GX comes with available dynamic sky panorama glass roof, available front row massaging seats, best-in-class towing capacity, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, and available multi-terrain select. I've seen the new Lexus GX popping up all around my town, and not only does it have the capabilities to take you to new places on and off the road, but it's a great-looking car. The new Lexus GX is ready to raise the bar for you.
Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey, Elevate listeners. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify is the partner you need to keep the cash register ringing for your e-commerce business. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading platforms. I advise a lot of companies in the e-commerce space, and almost all of them have migrated to Shopify. And as a buyer, what I love about buying from Shopify-enabled sites is that they already know who I am, and I don't have to create a new account or enter all my payment info. The ShopPay service makes it faster and easier to buy, which surely helps with conversions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com elevate, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com elevate now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com elevate. Okay, so let Let's take a shift to our next one, which is called Conscious Inaction from 2018. And this one is about REI's decision to close for Black Friday, which they've done every year since 2015, including uh, tomorrow. What resonates about this story for you? Yeah, it's interesting because COVID started a little bit of the, before I wrote this, I think Black Friday was at its peak and COVID probably started a little bit of the decline of this where it moved online. But it was just amazing to me at the time that these stores, you know, would open at midnight, people would line up at Thanksgiving, you'd start this holiday season with people trampling themselves in front of retail stores and getting injured. Just, it's hard to argue that this was good for families, that this was good for employees or otherwise. And so I I love sometimes when you kind of do the right thing and you, you, you're rewarded for it. And so REI, you know, I was like, look, we're just not going to do this. We're going to close on Friday and our employees are going to get uh, the day off and we want them to be with their families. And they got a ton of positive press for that. And we talk about sort of earned media. Uh, I have to think, you know, people talking about that every year was tens of millions of dollars in earned media. And I bet it drove people to shop at there on Saturday or Wednesday. Um, and it just was the right thing for their brand. I think it was the right thing for the customer. Uh, and it was the right thing for uh, employees. And I just, I like when a company sort of is willing to go go against the grain. They kind of made this decision right when everyone else was going the other direction. And it proved to be right, I think. I think people are, don't not, don't want to do this anymore. And a lot of this, it's a lot of it's moved online. And I mean, we're a better society for not seeing people, you know, trample each other in, in front of big box stores at midnight on on Thanksgiving. I think it's a really good example of when you do things and in some cases when you don't do things, as long as they're aligned with a clear principle that people in your audience will resonate with, that can be really effective. Like the all-time most popularly cited example is Chick-fil-A closes on Sundays, but it has always been argued that they make up for that because they have a lot of customers who respect the fact that they close on Sundays. Yeah, you're not you're doing it because who you are, right? You're not doing it to win points or it's not a cheap gimmick. Like it's just consistent. Um, and I think again, people respect you for that. And you're not trying to appeal to to everyone. Um, so you know, the person who needs to buy stuff on Friday is probably not REI's customer. 
And so the story shares the lesson that while there's often a time and place for action, sometimes intentional inaction leads to our greatest successes. Do you have any particular instances of inaction from your own life or career that you found particularly valuable? Yeah, I, I think positive inaction is when you do something intentionally or with a long thing idea in mind. Um, if we think about COVID and after COVID and the great resignation, I think so many people just because it was a difficult time decided that they wanted to change or blew up what they were doing or went to do something different and and in trying to get a quick fix, you know, jumped off a path that uh, at the wrong time or, or, or looking for the easy solution. I think a lot of the people that stuck with that, stuck through the hard time. Um, as I've said, look, if you looked around and you didn't like what you were doing or the people you were doing it with or otherwise, it was probably a great time to make a change. If it was just hard, it was hard for everyone. Like, I don't think that was a great reason just to change for change sake. So I think a lot of the people that stayed in place and, and stayed with it and stayed the course uh, were really have been been rewarded by that. I think other people kind of jumped off and have been jumping every six to nine months since then and haven't haven't found their footing. Um, so sometimes that's the hardest time to do nothing is when it's a little bit chaotic. But to me, I think you make better decisions when things are calm or not, not chaotic. Yeah, I think you have to give yourself the stillness to make those types of decisions and give yourself room to make sure that they're right. Yeah. And again, sometimes doing nothing is is the right thing to do. And I think if you want to make a change, you could you could just wait a little longer <laughs> and you know, make sure you're through whatever that period is and that you still want to do it, kind of the the cooling off period. Yeah, exactly. It, it's funny because in this cuts somewhat against the the point of the story, but it was actually this Black Friday that this published in 2018 when I was with my family and I was talking about what I was looking forward to in the next year. I actually decided that I thought I wanted to look for a new job. And a few days later, uh, I sent you an email and here we are five years later. So, Right. But that was intentional, right? You were in control of it. I think that's the and and the flip side of that, as we had kind of talked about it the years before, and you're like, no, I'm not ready. There's some things that I want to I want to do here. So the less the less impulsive the decision, I think the usually the the better that it is. That is true. That's necessary context. It was it was a long time thought through decision for sure. And actually, so before we move off of the REI Black Friday one, have you done the Black Friday experience before? No, you you couldn't pay me to uh, stand in line and wait. I have never. <laughs> I, if people are all lined up to get into a building, I want to run out of the building. That is generally my my personality. So I might have gone online and bought some Black Friday deals, but no, I've I've never waited in the line. I wasn't into the Cabbage Patch thing when I was a kid. That's been a pretty consistent trend. Fair enough. Fair enough. So next up from 2019, we have spending time. And this is one of my personal favorites, actually. It emphasizes the importance of making time for others and prioritizing relationships in what can be a super busy time of the year. Why is this so resonant for you? Yeah, it's interesting. There's something about... you know, the age our kids are at it happens a lot more in the summer because where we live, a lot of people are at camp. But one of the things I like about the holidays, people seem to make time to catch up and have dinner. And I think that's one of the great things about the holidays. Like I said, the holidays are never about uh, shopping. But it seems like the time of year people think about relationships and, and spending that time, um, even though it's really busy. And ultimately, 
you know, the data and, and I shared this in some other thing lately, but material things don't make us happy. Money doesn't make us happy. Achievement doesn't make us happy. Kind of doing things with the people who we want to be around the most is kind of what makes us uh, happy. And it's somehow the holidays are re-anchoring every year, but it would be great if we could kind of remember that uh, going forward. One, one of the goals I actually had after COVID, I think it was probably for 20 I think it was 21 or 22. It's all kind of a blur now when we actually ended. But it was to have like 50 lunches and dinners over the years with people because we had skipped so many opportunities uh, and to really have that. And, and you know, that was like my one of my top goals for the year to make sure that I made that happen. And it just allowed me to to reconnect with so many people. So I, I look, I, I think the holidays is a great catalyst for getting together. People are more likely to do it. I wish that momentum could carry forward after and, and happen a little bit more because when we do it, you know, we tend to really enjoy that time and reflect positively on it. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. It helps you identify and hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Case in point, last year I asked the CEO of a major ski resort how he got his job, and he told me that he saw it on LinkedIn and decided to apply. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. The team at LinkedIn is also constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash practical. That's linkedin.com slash practical to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And it's interesting, the timing of this one coming out in November 2019, before obviously the world changed. For a lot of yeah. people, this was their last truly normal Thanksgiving experience and a lot of loss, a lot of separation, a lot of horrible adversity that people had to deal with. It, it's a little like the first one about Rick Elias landing on the Hudson. You just never know. And I think being honest with yourself about that and seeing it with clear eyes helps you prioritize things properly and make choices. Yeah. I mean, it makes me, I, I'll jump ahead, but I, this ties a little bit to the Eugene O'Kelly story, kind of the perfect moments. Um, so Eugene O'Kelly was the CEO of KPMG. Uh, he was kind of known as being a just crazy worker flying all around the world. Uh, and then he received, you know, a terminal diagnosis where he had a couple months to live and, in, in response to that news, he kind of went about planning the end of his life like he did his his life um, and, and got everything organized. And, and he started planning these perfect moments, kind of the last day that he knew he was going to spend with people from good friends to siblings to parents. I mean, it's really hard and emotionally <laughs> difficult to, to read. But you realize, like, you know, he knew going into these, he knew it would be the last dinner or lunch. A lot of us don't, you know, and so you don't know when that's going to be. And, and and I think making it that level of quality or doing that so that if God forbid, you know, that was the last one, then it would be really meaningful and you would remember it. But 
that was an incredible story. And I think it, it connects to this a lot, as you said, none of us know. And back to the, the time span, I think, you know, the, these times force us to spend, you know, a little more focus on, on that, but we're kind of acting like we have infinite time and, and no one really knows for sure. There's something that Tim Urban, who's been on this podcast a couple times, he talks about this, you know, he has a pretty viral article that he wrote where he broke down the human life in number of weeks represented by dots and basically was trying to illustrate exactly what you're talking about, that you never really appreciate the scarcity of those types of special experiences. And he gave a TED talk about basically it's called inside the mind of a master procrastinator. And he talks about his issue with getting things done on time and how even back from when he was a kid, he would always do things at the last minute. And People should definitely watch the whole thing. But the message at the end is basically that everyone is a procrastinator for reasons that you're talking about. They always act as though they have more time, that there's another holiday season, there's another dinner, that there's another trip that you can take. And sometimes there's not. Eventually for everyone, there's not. And again, being just honest about that stuff can be hard to accept, but it can be really valuable and empowering if you do. Yeah. And it doesn't like, obviously he was planning these things to be perfect, but I think they were perfect just because they were real and meaningful. Uh, and, and, you know, just making sure you have a great time or laughing or with someone and having a real conversation and telling them how you feel, uh, you know, that doesn't require a lot of planning or money or resources. And it doesn't require a terminal diagnosis either to, no. to put that type of thought or care. No, and I, th I think that was his regret in this story, right? It took it took that in his life for him to to prioritize that, and I think that was his message that uh, you know he didn't want to see other people in that same position. Can you think of any types of perfect moments to borrow from his term that you would like to create in your own life? Yeah, I think it's just real time with with people doing things that that we love together, enjoying that time. If I think about some of the best days. They were just doing that. They were fun with friends and family and, and, you know, it wasn't overly complicated. Very true. So we kind of tackled two there. We're going to go to now Simple Gestures, which is from November 2020. And that shares the story of a business consultant named Ryan Estes, who had a notable encounter with a barista named Lily at the Minneapolis airport. Can you tell a little bit about that story and the significance of that encounter? Yeah, and I, I really encourage everyone to go watch the video. Maybe we can provide it in the in the show notes, but because uh, it's an incredible uh, video and story. But but yeah, Ryan's traveling and it's Christmas Eve and he's in the airport and you know the, he's ordering uh, I think a latte and the person was just so nice to him and so friendly and was talking to him and put his name on the cup and. I think ran and brought him something that he forgot. And, and, and it was just this very human uh, interaction. And he was just so impressed that this person just put their all and gave their all into the job and the relationships kind of on a late night shift on Christmas Eve before the airport. And the twist of the story is, and now I'll ruin it if you're watching the video, but you still watch the video was that he was flying home to family and, uh, had just gotten some pretty bad prognosis, I think, on one of his his parents. And he was in like a really bad place when he went to that uh, coffee. And he's like, you know, this person could not have known, not have known that and known like how much 
that sort of meant to him and just that relationship and reaching out and being human in the in the act of just serving you know coffee or a drink and there's just so many things about that you know one I think you never know where someone else is, you know, why they're in a bad mood or otherwise. It's why I always believe, particularly in our work and client service, of starting a conversation with, hey, how's it going? And, you know, we doubled down on that during COVID because a lot of people would be like, it's not really good. I've got my kids behind me in a classroom and I'm worried about my mom and this is going on and my husband just lost his job. And so now you understand that maybe they're a little frustrated or short, but it might not have anything to do with what you're talking about. It's just kind of where life is. So I always find that's an interesting prompt. And, you know, if I'm talking to anyone and or you or otherwise, and sometimes like we end up talking about something totally different. I, I think the other thing is just this notion of, it goes kind of back to the excellence story and the, the plumber one um, that we have. It's just when you do your job really well and you put a hundred percent into it, um, not only I think does it have an impact on you and how it feel about yourself, there's a, there's a ripple effect on, on other people, you know, that, that I think Lucy was just doing her job really, really well. And it probably made it more enjoyable for her being in the airport on a, <laughs> the night before Christmas, but it made a lifelong impression on someone who was having a really kind of one of the worst days of their life. And, they didn't even know that um, and they didn't need to know that because they were kind of putting quality out into the world and it was it was received. Yeah, and it, it, it obviously goes both ways too. I mean, I worked a couple of food service jobs in college in the summers and I still, you know, nearly 10 years later, remember people who were really, really friendly to me and not even people who tipped especially well, although I, I remember those people too, but just people who really went out of their way to be friendly and to not just to talk to me like I was a person and not just someone who was there to serve them. That type of stuff really does stick with people. I think it's really hard because people often are in a position now where they often assume the worst about other people or yeah. they just don't think about them at all. And the thing is going out of your way and putting in that effort to be extra kind to people, it can feel like it's not worth it because some people don't care or some people do care, but there's no sign that they do. And I think that this is just a really good example, as you were saying, of you never know when putting in that small amount of effort really can make an outsized impact. Yeah. And I, like I said, we'll put that in the show notes, but if you have a speech to give to your organization around <laughs> customer service or otherwise, it's, I, I think this is one of the best uh, videos that, that you can show. Um, and the other thing that you made me think of is just, you know, sometimes when someone's acting really terrible or horrible or mean or otherwise, you know, I, I've actually found it's pretty interesting. Like, are you okay? Uh, is everything okay? And sometimes like, they're a little confused at why you're at. It's very disarming. And sometimes you'll find that suddenly everything shifts and that there's a real conversation. Look, I've had, I've had people say that to me because um, they're like, you're just not being yourself. Like, are you, are you okay? And I, you know, sometimes maybe I was just cranky and didn't have enough sleep. And maybe sometimes something was really going on and it precipitated a, a more, more meaningful conversation. Yeah. And some people who are showing up with that type of frustration or irritation, in a lot of cases, they just want to be heard. I can think of examples of even replies to Friday forwards that we've gotten. We've occasionally gotten pretty angry and challenging replies <laughs> yeah. to things you've written. And then you'll send a nice reply and your your replies to critical emails are really always very tactful. And they'll respond in a really nice way. And I think that the reason is that 
sometimes even if people are mad, sometimes they just want to feel like they are seen and they are heard and that their voice matters to someone. Yeah, I have been surprised about that. And I think it gets, you're right. It's a manifestation of the same thing. They just, they want to be seen. They want to be heard. Ironically, I, I pretty much respond to almost anything that people write me one-to-one. I would say their response rate on that is very low <laughs> sometimes. But but the people that do, you're right. It, it can be a dramatic shift. Uh, someone recently was said, well, you don't, does that mean that you don't believe this? And I said, no, of course I believe that. Like it was just sort of a general humanity thing. And they were kind of wrote back kind of, I'm so glad to hear that. So, yeah, I, I think there's a, you know, we have a lot of screaming and yelling in the world today and in media and particularly social media, maybe not as much listening and telling people that that they've been heard. We heard Amanda Knox just talk about the the power of just even repeating back what someone said to you. I Delta Airlines did this to me. Uh, you know, it's sort of like uh, neuro language NLP, uh, it's called, where you just the value of repeating back the same thing someone has, even though that you know that it's a thing, you know, this is what their customer service had been trained to do where they're like, you know, whatever it was, I was like, we got in, the plane was two hours late, then there was no one to greet the plane, then they couldn't open the door and then whatever. And then the luggage people weren't there. And then it was 4am by the time I got home. And they just repeated that back. And they said, it must be really frustrating that da 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 and I was like, oh, they get it. I mean, AI could have written it <laughs> back with the same detail, but it really does. You're just like, oh, someone's validating what I'm saying, and that and that's meaningful. Yeah, one of my favorite examples of basically injecting some humanity into that type of exchange. It actually, it was a person who was really mad at John Mayer because something Taylor Swift was involved, but he basically screenshotted a DM that he got from someone saying, you know, John Mayer, I hate you. I hope that you die. And he responded. He said, I'm really sorry, but I do have to ask, do you really want me to die? And the person wrote back and said, no, of course not. I'm so sorry. Like, it's just, it's, it's really funny. It's funny how that type of little bit of humanity can really unlock people's feelings and, make things more civil. Yeah, and and it's it's very easy for people to I think they say things now because they can hide behind their keyboard that they wouldn't say to people's face. And then when they are confronted with the human, it changes their story and their narrative um, a little bit and and I think it's interesting. I was just got off with the recording with Dan Airely, which will be coming up in a few weeks, um, author of Misbelief and Predictably Irrational. But he was even talking about the basis for some of the conspiracy theories is is people needing to be heard or validated. And, and you can see, you know, a lot of the things that people do, you know, don't make uh, a lot of sense, but it's easy to hide. He was saying too that I don't know that we fully realize how much the whole world not going back to work and people not being around people and socializing and debating and discussing and talking friendly politics by the water cooler, like how much this is a skill that we're losing. And also just, I think something that people are used to when you deal with real people, when you deal with your coworkers, when you deal with even people who serve you your coffee every morning you see people in the fuller image rather than just the flattened out version of them that you see online. And I think a lot of people, if you can't go out, like for example, if you're stuck in lockdown because of COVID, you're seeing a lot of the worst of people and you're not seeing any of the best of people. And 
I think that there's still a lot of healing to be done on that front. We're still, I hope that we are getting better, but we're definitely not back to where we used to be. Yeah, I think the damage from from the pandemic is pretty long lasting. And, you know, with the amount of time that kids spend online, I've seen a bunch of studies saying it's probably true for adults is that they're starting to not be able to read feelings and emotions or otherwise, right? So if I'm, maybe this woman was so good at her job that she could sense that he looks sad, you know, and she was giving him extra support and, and cheering him on. And I think, you know, historically, we're able to read, obviously, some people better than others, but but connect with each other and chemicals go back and forth and oxytocin and dopamine. And and a lot of this is, or all of this is lost in, in non-in-person relationships. There's some people who it really does feel like almost have a sixth sense where they can see people, they can see deeply people's yeah, feelings. Yeah. yeah. Like Philip McKernan, a multi-time guest on this show, he's a really good example of that. He's he's excellent at that. And one of the th- things that he had said is, I, I I look at what people are saying to me, and then I watch their face muscles and their reactions, and I look for the difference between <laughs> what they're saying and what their body's projecting. Right? You can't do that in a in a tweet. Yeah, absolutely. Or an X, whatever it's called. It's called that. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, so that that's our five, our Thanksgiving special. Again, that's uh, number 308, five for Friday. Do you want to take us out, Bob? Sure. So thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope uh, whether you're celebrating or not celebrating Thanksgiving, uh, you have a nice day with your family. Uh, Maybe get a little run in before the the feast this evening. If you want to check out the post we discussed, go to robertglazer.substack.com and search for number 308, which is titled five for Friday. Look out for future edition of the Weekend Conversations, which will be in your feed on Saturday mornings. And if you haven't subscribed to the show, be sure to follow or subscribe on your podcast app, as that's the best way to get notified about new episodes. Until next time, keep elevating. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.